Hey, you're listening to Be Your Best with Phil Haugen, where we explain the methods that help bridge the language barrier between horse and rider. Our goal with each episode is to provide you with the training philosophies that will help you to be your best every day. Hey everybody, this is Phil Haugen coming to you from our training facility in Weatherford, Oklahoma. Thanks for joining us for this week's episode of Be Your Best Horsemanship. I'm enjoying a awesome cup of coffee and waiting for the sun to come up. I just got back from Steamboat Springs, um, finished up a clinic there. Um, Steamboat Springs, God, I love that area. It's so beautiful up there, but uh, i tell you what, just west of Steamboat, and I don't know how far that fire was away, but they have one like the second largest fire in Colorado history going on, or that's what one of the people at the clinic told me. And it was, uh, it was kind of smoky and boy, that country is, uh, they need a rain bad. I felt bad for them cause that is such pretty country, but boy, it was, uh, boy, they're, they're very dry. We've been, uh, you know, it's funny every time I go somewhere, you, you know, I love seeing the different parts of the country and meeting diff- new people. And, you know, that's one of my favorite things about getting to go do clinics. But it also, it also makes you appreciate things that you take for granted here at home. You know, we've been, we've definitely had a hot summer, which a lot of places have had a hot summer. Um, I know all my families in the Dakotas, they've had an unusually hot summer. But we've been blessed with some rains that when we, uh, you know, for us, as, even as hot as it's been, when I got back here, I mean, we looked like a golf course compared to the parts of Colorado that I was in. And so, I, you know, hopefully just pray for rain for those people because they, they need it bad. Um, especially, I mean, you know, the way that country is, I, when you have a wildfire, I have no idea how they control anything looks to me like you just get out of the way and let that thing do whatever it's going to do because man it uh boy it, it was dry dry up there but we uh just typical western industry people um everybody we had at the clinic they were you know just uh, you can tell they're just the type of people that face adversity and go on they just deal with it um, a lot of them were from not too far from steamboat some uh from farther away uh, we actually had two participants that uh came from tennessee and uh drove 20 hours to come to that clinic and uh you know what a what a commitment to personal development the fact that you'll get in your vehicle and drive 20 hours for the opportunity to potentially and hopefully improve your knowledge and your skills and, and be able to apply them. Um, that That's saying a lot, having a lot of confidence in yourself that you are getting better. So I, I send a big shout out to Jamie Bennett and Whitney Payne for 
making that trip that was uh that was a big commitment and you know when, when i see somebody do that like and i told her if she has that much faith in my program i'm going to make sure that she benefits from it so we'll, we'll keep in touch and if she has any struggles i'm going to make sure that i help her get through them because anytime and and anybody that comes anybody that comes to a clinic is is making a huge commitment in in time and 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 finances you know you're you're paying to come and absorb someone else's experiences that's what you're doing and hopefully you know i i always think about this with my program my my program basically is based off of my failures meaning the program that I have today is based off of figuring out what doesn't work and what does and and continue on and to continue to build on the program, the exercises that help strengthen that communication with your horse. And, you know, so when you come to whether it's my clinic or really, I mean, I can't speak for everybody else because I haven't been to everybody else's clinic. So, but I think most guys in this industry, I think we all, the one thing we have in common is that, you know, our programs will be different because um, nobody's going to have exactly the same program. The other thing in common that most of us will have is that um, the journey to getting to where we are today has been filled with some failures and understanding parts of our program that that weren't successful and, and you figure that out you figure out what does work and what doesn't work and I know speaking for myself my present program today is comprised of the steps the exercises um, the presentation to your horse that has worked for me. And so the self-development part, I just, I always, I always applaud those people that take that time and make that commitment to come and learn. And, and, and I always talk about this at my clinics too. I, I take that really serious because I understand, I understand the commitment of time and money, believe me, because every time I leave my driveway, I have a huge commitment of time and money invested in that clinic before I ever get there because of travel expense, days away from home. I have a big commitment on my end too. And and so I I know how they feel when they come and spend those days. And so I just really appreciate them and I really appreciate their efforts. So talking about the clinic and getting more on the horsemanship side of it, we had a uh, had a great clinic, great group. Brian and Sean Bailey did a great job. They were our hosts for the clinic. Uh, Saddle Mountain Ranch is where the clinic was at. Really pretty place. They did a great job. It's really warm. Got warm both days, and which didn't you know didn't bother me much, but it was it was pretty warm. And by the end of the second day, there were some of my riders were getting they were pretty. They, they were toasted pretty good. Um, it had been 
I love the cool mornings, boy. I was so looking forward to getting up there because of those cool mornings. I think one morning it was 46 degrees, and I had a a hoodie and a vest on, and it felt so good. It had been a while since I'd had those out, but then it would warm up in a hurry. So, um, but as far as the clinic, we uh, it, it's interesting because even though you know this is kind of the end of our summer run of clinics spring and summer and i don't know how many we've done this year but it's the most we've ever done it's it's been quite a few and and it still amazes me because every clinic is different and because of the because of the trainers and and the and the horses and which is good because i think you have to I think you have to address the challenges that that particular group is looking at. And we had a real diverse group. We had some younger riders slash trainers, and then we had some much more advanced trainers. But it was a really good group. And even though some of the things we worked on with some of the younger trainers, the more advanced trainers did not need to address those issues with those horses but at some point they're going to come across a horse that they're going to have to address those issues i've been through the whole spring and summer and nobody's gotten bucked off which at the start of each clinic i always talk about you know do whatever you need to to make sure your horse gets warmed up that i don't want anybody getting bucked off of course nobody wants to get bucked off nobody Nobody gets on their horse hoping they get bucked off. <laughs> but before we ever got started, one horse, and I and I didn't see the whole event, but one horse loses its footing and ends up going down. And this was one of the younger riders. I think she was 16 or 17. And uh, she uh, she got pushed away and got free, but she was down. And... Uh, she got up unscathed and everything was fine. So then we got to, we got started doing our level one exercises and we had, we had stopped and we were all in a circle visiting and there was one girl and she was riding a good looking bay horse. And, and she had said that he'd buck a little bit and I, and, and I told her, you know, make sure you warm him up good. And so she had gotten relaxed and and i think her she'd actually had her reins down on his neck and something spooked him and it popped her up onto the cantle of her saddle well then that scared him and then he shot forward she bounced off his hind his rump and i mean landed right on her back and it looked to me like it hurt right on her lower back is kind of where she hit you know kind of flat and that horse took off and bucked around a little bit. And everybody was sitting plumb still when this happened. And every, everybody that's at the clinic would, you know, knows who it was. And, and I'm not going to say her name, but uh, I don't think she'd care if I did. I mean, we, we talked a lot about it. And uh, we, we addressed that issue. But bless her heart, she, uh, boy, it looked like it hurt. So we got got her horse gathered up she got herself gathered up 
got back on, made a few adjustments, got through the rest of the day pretty good. He acted like he was going to buck one more time, and, and she kind of had her reins a little bit long, and it, I thought he was going to do it again. But she got by that, got through the day. Later that afternoon, we had a young, another young trainer. She's 16, and she's riding a, a five-year-old buckskin gelding. And this horse was pretty, pretty sensitive, um, pretty grabby. He would, he would go from standing dead still to, to, you know, spooking from something just while you're standing there holding him, and he. Uh, you know, but she'd done a good job. She'd gotten by good all day. She'd been on this horse five or six hours. And I didn't see the star. I didn't see what triggered the event because when you have, I think there was 13 or 14 of us in the arena. And when you're trying to keep an eye on everybody, it's hard to just focus on one person nonstop. But anyway, I don't know what triggered old Buck, which I say old Buck, he's just five, he's green. But he bucked, he broke into and bucked, and she rode him for about two or three jumps. And then when she kind of got off to one side, boy, he finished her off and skidded her across the arena. And she laid there for a little bit before she got herself gathered back up and, uh, kind of hit on her hip and her back and that son of a gun I mean he kind of cheap shotted her um and you know in the horse's defense um they hadn't had the horse very long you know the horse came with those insecurities and long story short for both riders and we talked about this the next day, which which uh, Lucy was the girl's name on this buckskin horse. And Lucy did a really, really good job. I mean, she's going to be a good cowgirl. Later that day, you know, we had to make her go sit down and just rest for a little bit. She, she wanted to get right back on and uh, made her go sit down and kind of get in the shade and cool off it was really it was hot you know it was a it was a perfect example of two animals being frustrated trying to work on something she was frustrated the horse was frustrated and finally the horse got in a position where he thought he had to defend finally had to defend himself and, and he did and i mean he did it with some authority and but later that day when we were done um, Lucy took that gelding, got in the round pin and, and got back on and she was really careful, but she got back on and she walked, trotted and loped that horse. Now she was, she was ready. She had a hold of the saddle horn. She had her reins shortened up so he wasn't going to take his head away. And she ended the day like that. Then the start of that second day we talked a lot about this and, and this is something that, uh, you know, we probably don't talk enough about at a horsemanship clinic because, you know, my clinics attract people in the performance horse world in the speed events. I mean, that's the majority of my customers. 
you know, I'm not targeting those groups. Those groups are kind of what are drawn to my program for whatever reason. Now, can we, you know, could we have a clinic with very, very novice riders and horses? Sure, absolutely. But for the most part, my clinic seemed to attract the more advanced trainers in in the performance horse world in the speed events because the biggest challenge in that world is controlling speed and direction you know smooth transitions um keeping forward motion you know anytime you're being timed with a stopwatch or an electric eye you, anytime you lose forward motion you're losing time period I mean, that, that's a proven fact. So the majority of my clinics um, were addressing those issues. Well, in, in this case, it was really good that second day in the morning where we had to back up. And I did some groundwork with both those horses. And I showed both of those girls how to do some groundwork, simple groundwork with their halter and lead rope and getting asking their horse to move their feet out around them, yielding their hindquarters away from them, and giving that horse the opportunity to remain or flip that switch so that they're using the thinking side of their brain and they're, they're relaxed before you ever step up on them. And then once you step up on them, going through level one and, and some of the level two exercises, that continues to reinforce that habit of that horse using the thinking side of their brain because it's really, really simple. You know, everything your horse does that you don't like, whether it be get real strong in the bridle, get real stiff, you know, buck, kick, bite, pull back, spook, those are all reactive responses. And for a horse to produce a reactive response, they have to be using the reacting side of their brain. So the more we can do to create that habit of that horse associating us with using the thinking side of their brain, the better chance we have when we step up in that stirrup the better chance we have of that horse continuing to stay using that thinking side of their brain. And, and as long as, long as a horse is using the thinking side of their brain, they're trainable. Now, when they're, when they're using the reacting side of their brain, you might somewhat control them, but I don't think they, I don't think they absorb anything from the training process while they're being reactive. Um, I don't really have anything to back that up scientifically other than 38 years of experience of riding for the public and riding a wide variety of horses. Um, but I think most, well, I'm, I'm pretty sure most all horsemen out there would agree with that concept. You know, even though there were a lot of horses, a lot of trainers there that didn't need to go through that with their horse it was a great refresher a great reminder and for i had several 
oh, I had several riders under the age of 18 there, probably five or six, trying to think here. Yeah, there was five or six. And for them, the fact that that happened the first day, and, and we talked a lot about it, I said, you know, we're, we're really fortunate you're sore because they both showed up ready to go that second day. They could have they could have thrown their sucker in the dirt and said, oh, I'm, you know, and give up. And they didn't. They they were dialed in that second day and put it put out a great effort. Um, it was just it was really awesome to see that toughness. And but like I told them, I said, you know, we're really lucky because though they were sore, both of them were sore and probably pretty darn sore. They weren't hurt. And there's a big difference. I mean, they could have gotten hurt bad. And it, you know, somebody was watching over them that day and somebody was watching over all of us. And uh, the girl's horse that got its feet tangled up and went down first thing that morning, you know, the good Lord was watching over her too. And it was kind of like, um, there was a message being sent that, uh, you know, hey, we we need to we need to address this and make sure nobody takes this for granted. And I'm gonna say because we had to do that, and we went through that at that clinic, I just have to believe that there was a reason that those events happened, and that's gonna hopefully save somebody's life, or at at the very least, save them from getting hurt bad. Like I said, there's a big difference between being sore and hurt. And I've always said, you know, that uh, the lessons that I've learned in life, there's two things that I've really learned from any time I'm an experience where financially it cost me or physically it cost me, meaning I was Uh, You know, it cost me money and, uh, you know, a business, a business deal that uh, went the wrong direction that, or maybe I didn't make a very smart choice or number two, a situation where I physically got stung, got sore, got hurt. Those are the lessons in life that I remember. And and I remember other lessons too, but uh, when you get stung, you usually don't forget it. And you know, for for those three girls, you know, for whatever reason, I just feel like that was uh, an experience that they were meant to encounter. And we were very, very fortunate. They come out of it unscathed. They were sore, but not hurt, But but they're gonna, they, they won't ever forget that experience. Um, that second day, we addressed things a little different. They prepared their horses more before they ever stepped on them. Lucy had an outstanding day with that young buckskin horse. Um, Cameron did an outstanding job with her horse. And and she had one question, you know, at the end of the first day, we we kind of have a little round table discussion and we talk about things and, and I try to answer any questions that anybody might have or any comments. 
And uh, the one thing she said is, uh, you know, how do I get my horse to quit bucking? Because he, cause he had done it before. The biggest thing there is, is get that horse in the habit of associating you with using the thinking side of their brain. Because like I explained to them, just think about it from the horse's perspective. Really and truly, there's no reason why we should ever step up in that stirrup when that horse is acting reactive. You know, both of those horses, when I worked them on the ground, um, and it, it was just for a few minutes, it wasn't for a long length of time, but I, I did demonstrate on both of them. And, and, it, and it, we spent a fair amount of time on them. I say that, you know, I'm sure I spent 10, 15, 20 minutes. I didn't keep track of it, but you know, that buckskin horse dropped his head, licked his lips, you know, several times while I was working him on the ground because I gave him lots of opportunities to find the release point so that I could reward him. Well, every time you reward a horse, you, you gain a little bit more confidence. That horse gains a little more confidence, a little more trust, a little more respect. And when you do that, it's really easy to do. And I do it, I do it every day with my colts even if it's just for a minute or two, because if I have a freak deal happen and one bucks me off and I get hurt, there ain't anybody going to be lining up to pay my bills here. So, you know, anything we can do to stimulate that thinking side of their brain before we get on them is a benefit to us, e even if it's a old seasoned horse, you know, so, I'm going to talk about some other things at that clinic also, but today th this episode is is about understanding that, and, and that was just a great lesson for all of us, including myself. Um, there were ver some very experienced riders, trainers there that are riding young horses, you know, and it was good for them to see, and it was good for them. It was a great reminder for them to hey safety always comes first and i tell you what the biggest thing that compromises our safety is when we start taking things for granted you understand that animals can wake up in a different world every day and so just because the way things were yesterday doesn't mean that's how they're going to be today so great lesson it's a great lesson for anybody listening when you're dealing with your horse understand that before we ever step up in that stirrup do something to stimulate the thinking side of their brain over time that becomes a habit over time the habit of them using the reacting side of their brain becomes less and less and less so that's our lesson for today it was a great topic for for this episode of be your best horsemanship have a safe week of training Thank you, everybody, for listening. We appreciate you. God bless. And as always, be your best. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. If you want to learn more about the training methods discussed in today's episode, head over to philhaugenhorsemanship.com slash courses. 
and check out our virtual training programs. Inside these programs, you can access tons of exclusive training footage from groundwork and cult starting to the foundation level one, two, and three exercises that I teach at all my clinics. In each program, you're gonna get lifetime access to step-by-step -step video lessons, training workbooks, and tons of bonus training footage that you can watch anytime, anywhere, from your desktop or mobile device. And if you enroll as a VIP, you'll also get to join me for live coaching sessions each month where I'll be answering all of your questions and giving you personalized feedback on your horsemanship journey. As a VIP, you'll also get a chance to hear from other students in the program and learn from their experiences in our private online training group. Enrollment for these programs is open right now at philhaugenhorsemanship.com slash courses. Thanks again for listening, and we hope to see you inside our online training community soon.